Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Freaking first cut. Golly! Welcome to the First Cup Podcast. I'm Rick Gaiman, and this is your round one recap for this week's U.S. Open. And joining me to break it all down, it's Kyle Porter and KP. We are not in the same room right now, but we had the pleasure of watching some live golf together on a Thursday. How about that? It was the best. Today has been maybe the longest day of my life, but it's been... (laughs) One of the, it, I, I just, I love it. I love being at majors. I love covering majors. You know, the, it was funny. We were talking about how there, there's still, there's not like the, the, the major buzz right at Torrey Pines, but yeah. I still had just the best time today and we got to hang out. We got to walk around, holler about just <laughs> nonsense stroke. We just got to yell about strokes gained and just nonsensical things. I think we have a photo that we have to address. Um, that got kind of, apparently me, I mean, I'm on a streak of taking photos at major championships <laughs> that they get, uh, get blown up on Twitter. Uh, but yeah, I, I had, and I think you probably also had just a really, really fun, great day at Tory. Yeah, absolutely. It started a little later than normal, 90-minute uh, delay, which is why we still have – there it is. Producer <laughs> Jacob showing it on YouTube. There's there's us out there. This is this is for the for the hour or two that the sun came out, uh, a little overcla- overcast, a little cloudy, but that's us looking good. There you go. There's the comp. That's the same thing. Which, which one so, am I in this photo? Which one am I? I, I? Said, I said this on H <laughs> – I said this on HQ rig as we were taking the photo, I could feel the like, <laughs> yeah. Speaking of memes, if you're watching on YouTube, if you're listening <laughs> on YouTube right now, there's a photo of Jacob impersonating my meme from Augusta national, which was arms crossed. You did pretty good here. That's pretty it's, solid. It's strong, right? But as we were taking that photo, I could feel like we were on kind of a hill, but like it was like a side hill deal. And in my head, I'm like, this is not going to, this is not going to play well. I don't know what it's going to look like, but I can assure, I was, I was sure that it was not going to go well. And sure enough, it did not. Uh, the internet is uh, a place that we cannot control, and I always seem to take L's on. So uh, nothing, yeah. nothing new this <laughs> week. Uh, let's talk about the course. Tory Pines, one almost full round in the books. We've kind of chatted throughout the day about the the architecture, maybe a little bit about the difficulty, but with uh, basically every round in the books, a couple guys with some holes to go. How does this hold up through one round? You know, I think architecturally, it's not a Wingfoot. It's not a Shinnecock. I don't think anybody is claiming that it is. But I think what's really interesting, and I think you saw this play out over round one, is that it accentuates. 
I mean, it's a PJ Tour style, right? And and I think the way that it is structured, it accentuates what stars on the tour have learned to do well, which is hit it forever and then hit greens and go from there. And Rory basically said this. I was actually talking to him a little bit about it during his round about misses off the tee being not i mean like the corridors are huge like you can kind of just miss but then you have to hit a green like you have to hit greens in regulation that's what brooks did that's what so many of the guys at the top they hit 12 13 14 greens in regulation and that's that's a u.s open but i i just all that to say i think the course architecturally is not perfect but i also think because it's a tour stop and because it's it sort of accentuates what the best PGA Tour guys do well. It's produced a leaderboard that is I, – I, I just – I feel like we could get, like, a leaderboard on Saturday that is just out of this world, just unbelievable. I mean, the names that are within four right now, it's DJ, Rory, Hideki, Louie, Sergio, uh, Rom, uh, Xander, I mean, Brooks – I mean, like all that's not going away. Those guys are just going to, that cream is going to rise to the top over the next two days, which I'm really, really excited about. Yeah, certainly wide open at the moment. It's Russell Henley carding a four under 67 on Thursday that vaults him to the top of the leaderboard. He is tied, KP, with Louis Oosthuizen. No surprise that his name is near the top in a major championship. Now, he's only played 16 holes. I believe he has a putt that he has to finish on 17. He'll have to play his 18th hole of round one and then come back out on Friday for the entirety of his second round. He was happy to mark and get off the golf course on on, on Thursday evening. Yeah, I'm kind of bummed that I didn't sprinkle a little, a few nuggets on Louie to win. It just, it. he's been playing so well at majors. He's so good at U.S. Opens. We talked about it. We've talked about this all week. His finishes, I think it's five or six straight top 25s at U.S. Opens. It's just, it's phenomenal. I'm curious about those other guys. If you can pull it back up, Jacob, the other guys at the top of this board. Okay, so take Louie out of it. The, th- the other three, Russell Henley, Francesco, and Rafa Cabrera-Bello, who, who to you out of that group has the most staying power at the top? Um, that's a good question. I think just game wise, it's probably Russell Henley. He's one of, you know, one of the better ball strikers that we have, or at least iron players. And he was, he was pretty good from T to green. He, he gained three strokes on approach on Thursday. Um, Molinari, I think kind of gives me some, like I, I would consider Molinari because of kind of the the pedigree, which I guess is only I don't know how many wins he has, but it feels like he's our you know he does have a better pedigree than Russell Henley. But Henley's uh, been a great approach player for a very long time. I think I'm Henley as well. I was just talking to uh, one of my colleagues here about it, and he was he was like, I kind of have a Russell Henley feeling. You know, he's <laughs> he's he's led. Or I guess he's co-led at a U.S. Open before. I was looking back in 2018. I think you and I were talking about this out on the course after we took that photo. Um, <laughs> he co-led with DJ Ian Poulter and somebody else. So I don't know. I, is Russell Henley going to win the U.S. Open? Probably not with the caliber of guys behind him. I mean, Rom's within two. Brooks is yeah. within two. That's 
that's tough to hold those guys off. But I, I don't, I wouldn't be surprised if Russell Henley was, you know, in one of the last four pairings on Sunday. Uh, I would agree with that. Yeah, I would certainly agree with that. So Russell Henley, Louis stays at four under par, Rafa Cabrera Bayo at three under along with Francesco Molinari. And then you really get to some of the big names right behind this. Let's start with the guy that you already mentioned in Rory McIlroy. So he's at one under par and opening round 70. And we have talked about the struggles that Rory has had, not only on his opening hole, but in his opening rounds at recent major championships. He did he make both? Did he make birdie or did he par his first hole today? Birdie. He birdied it. He birdied it out of the gate. So he breaks that, and then he gets a little bit of uh, – I think seven is an interesting turning point moment for him. He, hits a, he, hits a, he misses the fairway, uh, hits a shot that's pretty poor, kind of flies the green left side uh, on his approach, and then he hits a miraculous chip that goes down. And look at this. Bruiser Jacob on YouTube is actually going to show us this. So – there's the drive. It's it's wide. Here's the approach. It goes long. He chips this in. And I wonder if for him, KP, who kind of has these first round demons to kind of steal one or maybe two, this could have been a two shots uh, theft from Rory McIlroy. If this goes a long way in setting him up for the final three rounds. You know, I thought, I thought he was interesting today. Uh, he was very, um, I don't know what the right word is. He was kind of just bouncing around like he had a ton of energy he was running all over the course and just very chatty with his playing partners very um he he was like fist pumping the crowd after he made the birdie on 18. um can you guys hear me yeah we got you fist pumping the crowd okay yeah, he's just one the grass. Sorry, I was gonna just blame the USGA for their <laughs> shoddy Wi-Fi here. Nah, I, lo- I love the USGA. Um, just from the crowd, he he had a ton of energy today, which I think I think we've a little bit come to expect him to kind of be tight, uh, to kind yeah. of be like this is the way he was today is kind of who he is at ninety five percent of the time, and then he'll get a little. You just get a little tight, it seems like, at these majors. So it was, it, it was cool to see. He seems very loose. And I would not be surprised at all if he's in the final pairing on Saturday afternoon or Sunday afternoon. I, I don't know if he's got his best stuff. I mean, man, how many times do we have to say it? Like, he's just got to hit his wedges better. He had some wedge, He had some approaches today that it was like – I don't I don't know what the numbers are because I was out there watching it and I, I wasn't by by the the statistics, but they were just just not good. And you gotta hit greens. You gotta hit greens, you gotta hit greens. That's what Brooke Brooks just pounds greens and regulation at US Opens. And Roy can't be doing what he did on fifteen, which is have a ninety yard approach and hit it over and have to get up and down. You can do that a couple times, but to do that consistently and go on to win the US Open in this field, it's just really, really hard. Rory was dead even on approaches on Thursday. He also owes Justin Rose a bottle of wine. I don't know if you saw this, KP, as they knew the sun was setting. They knew they oh. were running out of time. Rosie seven over, runs up on 18 to hit his tee shot so that that group can finish. So I was talking to um, – Dustin Johnson's agent at the time. And I was like, 
they uh and uh one of our other colleagues was there and, and i said i guess justin rose was the sacrificial lamb here because they just <laughs> trotted him out there to hit the tee shot but they were they were they were hustling though like they really really wanted to get get 18 in. they those guys did not want to come back out on on friday morning and they did. They got it in. Um, okay. I mean, there are so many names. We can't talk about all of these. Let's talk about Brooks Kepka because he went out early on Thursday. And I mean, right out of the gate, he just he just gets off to a great start. He, uh, he started on the back nine. So I believe he made three birdies on his opening nine, made a couple of bogeys coming in. But this just felt like here's Brooks at a major championship, rolling in putts. You and I were looking at the scoreboard. Uh, a couple hours in and we're like, Oh my God, he's just, he's going to win this thing. Isn't he? He's all, he's already under par already atop the leaderboard already being major championship Brooks. Yeah. I mean, fool me once shame on me, fool me 13 times. I don't, <laughs> I don't know who the shame is on, but I, you, you picked correctly in, in the one and done. We were trying, you and I were both trying to pick between Brooks and Bryson. And I, I don't know why I ever pick against Brooks, I don't know why you ever would pick against Brooks at a U.S. Open, right? He's he's owned U.S. Opens. He's been he's been. I tweeted this stat out: four hundred and sixty-five guys he's gone against in the, in his last three U.S. Opens. He's lost to one of them. It's bonkers. He's beaten four hundred and sixty-four, and I think that you know he didn't even putt it that well on Thursday, which I think is a little bit scary. Um, his approach shots are just. He just pounds greens. He pounds greens. I mean, he 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 hits so many greens in regulation and f- from everywhere, right? And he and he made he makes really good pars and bogeys too. He made a bogey on three today that yeah, he needed. Yeah, he sh- he shouldn't have made. He made a par on eight, eight, seven or eight. Yeah. What's the eight. par three? Eight. Yeah. eight. yeah, that he shouldn't have made. And those are two strokes that just give you wiggle room come Saturday afternoon or, or Sunday. So I, <laughs> the tournament runs through him. I wrote that for CBSSports.com. He's not leading. He's not the defending champion. But the, the, the U.S. Open runs through Brooks Kapka as of Thursday night and until further notice. I know that this is not new, but I noticed it today. I, I can't. I can't remember the last time I've seen Brooks play live because I haven't been to a lot of events recently. Obviously, um, he is literally hitting the ball as his playing partner's ball is hitting the ground, like hitting the ground. Yeah, it's Rory unbelievable. Rory and DJ were doing that today too, and it's it's kind of disconcerting because you watch guys take a ton of time and, and then other guys take no time and it's it's like it's disorienting to watch but yeah he's a he's a demon out there he's it made me nervous around. like the yeah like the three or four times i saw him do it it was like it made me nervous he he stuffed all of them <laughs> um okay i mean we could his is this is kyle's pick potpourri here we've got john rom two under par xander shoffley two under par hideki matsuyama two under par them or anybody else take your pick uh, to win the tournament or what? No, let's talk about it. Who do you want to talk oh, about here? Talk, uh, yeah. Let's go with Rom. Let's go with Rom. 
All right, John Rom goes out, shoots an opening round 69. He starts on his, he starts on the back nine. So he go, he opens up birdie, bogey, bogey, birdie, birdie, bogey. So a little bit of a psycho scorecard through his first six holes, gets it back together, plays his final 12 at two under in the final 12, bogey free. This was one of those scorecards that uh, just as things kept rolling on, you just just saw John Rom's name keep hanging there. And then as of right now, this moment, it's good for a T5. Yeah, he always does this thing, and and I'm I'm sure he'll do it again this week, where he'll kind of fall back a little bit, and then he'll go on just this tear of three birdies and five holes or whatever, and you're like, oh, oh yeah, John Rahm's like in it, you know? And I think for him, the key – so I think the USGA is going to do the, this thing that they always do, which is they let you go a little bit on Thursday, and then they pull you back on, on especially Saturday, Sunday, but – Friday as well. And that really, I think, frustrates guys like Rom. And that's fine. Like, I don't buy into the whole, oh, you can't win because he's angry or whatever. Like, I don't, that's, that's, I mean, have you watched Tiger? Like, did you, have you, did you follow his career? The thing that Rom, I, I, the thing that's happened with Rom is that he, he will allow his frustration, and we've talked about this a bunch of times, yep. to affect shots to affect two, three shots down the road. And that can't happen. And it does happen because the USA is going to pull it. I mean, it, it got pretty fast and firm on Thursday and they're going to, I think, pull it in even more. And that just is infuriating to pros who are used to just having things kind of the same every day and to get bad bounces and all these different things. That's my that's my big thing to watch for Rom over the next, especially the next Friday, like Friday and Saturday before before the setup for Sunday. The ebbs and flows of John Rom. I want to look at the odds board, but we've got to give a nod to the round that Matthew Wolf had on yep. Thursday. He went out early. He played the back nine first, and he birdied three of his first four holes, KP, and then he ran into some trouble at 15, 16, and 17. He played those a combined four over, but then he got it back on track. He made eight birdies in this round. When you tally it all up, it's a one under 70, and it's more than just the physical side of it. He is, uh, you know, he's he's given us some quotes. I forget the exact quote, but essentially, like, it's not always daisies and rainbows or whatever. I forget what he said exactly, and this is his first uh, competitive individual round since the Masters. He did play the Zurich, I believe, in April as well, which is the last time we saw him, but he's, he's taken some time away from the game. Yeah, I thought it was interesting. He had a quote on Thursday where he said, I wanted to come back at the U.S. Open because I knew if I shot 78 that he would get <laughs> hidden by a bunch of other 78s. Oh, I thought he was going to be like, I'm only four shots off the lead or something. <laughs> well, that, that too. <laughs> I didn't see the context of it. I don't think he was joking. Um but I apologize because I didn't actually – I just read the quote. I didn't see it. Um, I thought that was interesting because it tells me that there's just – and I talked to somebody about this on Thursday a little bit. There's just a lot going on. And it's I don't think it's, like, nefarious. It's not like there's some hidden, you know, secret to be found out. I think it's just, like, you're growing up on this global stage, and that's – Growing, just growing up is hard. Becoming an adult is hard. And to do so with millions of people watching you is really hard. And I, I just, 
you feel for him because you and I know what it's like to grow up, to get older, to have responsibilities, all these different things. And it's just, it's difficult. And um, it's cool to see him be vulnerable, vulnerable about it. And it makes you want to root for him more, I think, than even before. And and I, I already liked him. I already was rooting for him. But yeah. I think that vulnerability is very, very compelling. I, I hope he has a good rest of the week. So do I. Certainly a name that, um, yeah, I have I have very little rooting interest in or financial interest in other than the fact that I just hope he does well. I just hope he plays well. Jacob actually has, I believe, the quote here. So it's, quote, I think I put too much pressure on myself. Uh, it was a hard decision because I'm so new to the tour and it's my first or second year and I didn't want to walk away. I don't even think I could, to be honest. And then when I finally started to get a bad enough to get to a bad enough spot, honestly, I was like, you know what? I need some time, which is actually a pretty mature way to handle it for a guy who's 22, 21, 22. Yeah, he just turned 22. Yeah, that's a different quote, but um, kind of the same. Yeah. What was the quote? What was the quote that I? Uh, oh, about shooting seventy-eight. About yeah, shooting seventy-eight. Of, yeah. Kind of, kind of the same vein. I mean, it's all, it's all connected, right? And and that was what the guy that I talked to about this was like. It's not one thing. It's twenty things that right. just kind of add up. And I don't know. I'm I'm rooting for him. And and uh, <laughs> he had a very Spethian card on uh, on Thursday, which is which is <laughs> always fun. It's always a joy. Eight, eight birdies, two doubles, three bogeys, and by my quick count, five pars is quite quite yeah. the day. Uh, okay, KP, we got to look at the odds board here because a lot of big boppers at the top. But first, we're going to take a quick break and hear a word from our partners. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. And we're back. John Rom, no surprise. I guess maybe there is a little bit of a surprise here. Is your favorite at plus 550. He was the uh, uh, closing favorite, so I guess we shouldn't be surprised there. Brooks Kepka right behind, plus 700. Both of those golfers, two under par. Louis Oosthuizen, who has a hole and a half to play, and is currently tied for the lead, is 8-1. to one. And then Xander Shoffley, two shots back of that four under 10 to one. Those are the first four names on the betting board. Are you surprised at, at uh, Rom over Brooksy? Uh, yeah. I mean, I actually like, yeah, I, I, as I was saying it, I was, I said, Oh, it's a, it's a surprise. Cause I was expecting John Rom to be there, but I suppose, or I, excuse me, I was expecting Brooks Kepka to be the favorite um, because I agree with your statement that this tournament kind of runs through him. But I suppose when John Rom was the significant pre-tournament favorite and he is at the same two under par that Brooks is um, books can't, do that to themselves by making Rom like seven, eight, or nine here. I, I think they have to do this. I think this is not really reflective of 
the true odds to win the golf tournament, I think is more reflective of the sports books and their risk aversion. So it's, it's reflective of like where they, where they started the week at, is that where right? they, where they started the week, how maybe how much money they took on John Rom before the week started and they cannot, gotcha. they couldn't possibly have him at seven to one or eight to one as he's two shots back after he was already the favorite. And they probably yeah, took a lot yeah. of money on him. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, I don't like Rom at that number. I don't dislike Rom to win. I just don't like him at that number. Uh, I kind of like Rory and Hideki. Yeah, I like just, that too. Just because of the numbers. Yeah, Rory's I mean, Rory, 14, Hideki's 16. Rory's three back after round one, and he's at a number that he's normally at before the tournament starts. That's a good point. Right? Yeah. And I don't know. I just I, – I, I, I wrote this on late on Thursday night. I I think that this course is going to just draw out the all these guys that you see on this board. Maybe not all of them, but a lot of them. I think, I think most of these guys are going to be – I think this is going to be your leaderboard like on Saturday afternoon. Now, not exactly, and there will be other guys sprinkled in, but I just – that's how I envision it. And maybe I'm wrong about that, but that's just, to me, that's what Tory Pine seems like it's going to uh, kind of create over the next day. Six shots off the pace and two over par. Bryson DeChambeau is 40 to one. Is he still out there banging balls at the range? <laughs> he was. So I, I did HQ on the range and our camera guy, um, they, they turned the scoreboard off that, that Bryson was using to, to allow himself to see the ball to hit it. And our camera guy went over and offered Bryson our lighting that mm. I was using on the range. And Bryson was like, no, I'm good. I'm just going to hit balls in the dark. <laughs> no, <laughs> and our cam- Yeah. And our camera guy was like, okay. I mean, he was like, he was cool about it. But our camera guy was like, okay, I guess I'll pack up. <laughs> and he was, I don't know if he's still out there, but it's 10 o'clock or 10, 15 local time. Yeah, and when I left at a little after nine, it was it was dark, and he was wailing away, looking for something, looking for something yeah. after an opening round seventy three. I deeply regret taking him over Brooksy. Deeply regret it. What was the, what were his numbers? What what were his strokes gained? Let's see. Do you have uh, he, yep, he was. <clears throat> so he gained. A stroke and a half putting, he gave that back around the green, so basically even there. He lost a shot and a half on approach, and of course he gained two strokes off the tee. So it was uh, an approach issue. I I think he was so good from, what, 150 and in at Wingfoot? Yeah. I mean, it it just it didn't feel like he missed a shot on the weekend. I know he did, probably, but he was just really, really solid. And this is the part that we talked about. Remember when we missed the cut at Memorial, when you made the 10? Yeah, I do remember that. Yes. And, and you're like, <laughs> I don't know, man. Does it work? I think it does. But there's it, when it doesn't work, it looks really bad because the driving is still so good that when, when everything else doesn't work, it just looks horrific. And I think that's – I think it sometimes makes you over – state like how bad his his game is just because it looks bad it's kind of like the jt thing when it looks bad it looks really really bad because when it looks good it's it you're like how does he ever 
how does this ever not work? So I think that's kind of, I don't think it was really that bad. I think it just looks like that a lot of times with Bryson because he hits it so far out there that you just think, well, he should shoot 67 every day. I watched him steal, absolutely steal a shot on eight. The, the, the pin on eight was just in a devious position. You had no chance to get it close. You had to play it up to this kind of upper tier and you had to just tap, you had to just breathe on one down the hill. Uh, I don't know what he was, probably 25 feet. He rolled it in. Everybody gave him a good roar at eight and he, and he stole one there. He was, he was soaking it up, but he couldn't keep that momentum the rest of the way, Yeah, unfortunately. So we'll see. Um, maybe he'll shoot 66 on Friday and play his way into and when Friday's round is over, the first cup pod will be here to talk about it. I think that'll do it for now. Kyle Porter, very long day in the books. Congratulations. For now, let me thank producer Jacob. He does all the hard work behind the scenes. That right there, Kyle Porter, still on site working hard for us at Kyle Porter CBS on Twitter. You can find me at Rick Run Good. This has been the first cut, and we'll catch you next time. here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven! Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details.